You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Off and running hour two here of the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgate and Show here on WWL, AMFM.com, and the Odyssey app. We are at Drago's Seafood Restaurant. In Baton Rouge, I-10 in college, getting you set for LSU. 10th-ranked Tigers taking on the 6th-ranked Alabama Crimson Tide. Keeping an eye on the scoreboard up there in Georgia as they're number one versus number three, Tennessee, on the road against Georgia in Athens. Right now, Georgia leads early 7-3 to three over the Volunteers. We'll keep a close eye on that one to keep you updated. I've been, on, I've been in Baton Rouge, Herb, several times for LSU-Alabama. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily always at the game, but just – Man, the vibe, you can always tell it's just different. You know, there's a – it's look, LSU game day in general in Baton Rouge, you can tell. But when Alabama's in town, it, yeah. it, just, it just feels a little bit more intense. That's right. The air is a little bit thicker. Um, you know, the, the, the fans and the, and the, the people in town are, are kind of tense and loose at the same time before the game. And uh, it's one of those deals, especially now it's grown to be – one of the, the best games, best matchups in the country right now. So, you know, with, with, with Mike saying they had 130-something players over the past 10 years that was, you know, draft eligible, and then 43 or so of those players were first-round picks. I mean, how could you not be excited about this game? Even this year, when you go and you look at this game, you have two guys that's playing this game that both were at the, the Heisman Trophy award ceremony last year, you know. And it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty cool for Alabama, of course, but – and now you got one in, in Jaden Daniels right now who's playing like a Heisman Trophy candidate right now. So it's uh, I think I think you have guys on that field right now um, who's going to be really high draft picks in two or three years as well with the, so many freshmen and young guys that are playing. Do you have any concern about the, the youth on this team not quite having the experience of being in um, a top ten matchup like they're going to be in? In other words. Uh, it's going to be wild in Death Valley. It's going to be uh, something they maybe have never experienced. But I think that cuts both ways for Alabama as well, um, for some of their players that, that might be uh, short on experience. Do you think that's a wash or do you think that's a concern? So it is a concern. It's always a concern until the first couple, three or four plays. Okay. And then you know how you, you know, if the guys settle down, if they understand what's going on and that kind of stuff. These this, Like a game like this is um, – one of those games where you're either going to play really great or you're going to not play good at all. It's a, it's, it's not, like, not not like an in-between type of situation. So it's for the young guys anyway. And, um, you know, I'm a little bit concerned about it, but I really trust the coaching staff and, 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 and what Brian Kelly brings to the table in regards to the way his approach to the players and how to lead them and guide them into being what he needs to mold them into what they need to be for the team. And I think that – this, is, this won't be any different than what he does on a normal day-to-day basis. I love what he said this week. He appreciates what's going to be 
a wild atmosphere. But he says his football team has to go out and earn it. That's right. You got to keep that that crowd in the game. That's right. So the crowd's going to be in the game. However, um, just because they hate Alabama, right? Oh, yeah. And they're going to be there. But you know how you keep them in the game? And it will not just keep them in the game, but how do you – um, um, really excite this cry, crowd or ignite this crowd, you know, by making plays, by making stops, by, by you know, causing turnovers, by uh, just playing the game the way that they're being taught to play the game. And I think, you know, another thing that my Coach Kelly said that uh, this uh, last week was that he gave them, I think it was like Saturday and or Friday and Saturday off, and uh, he didn't really give them off off, but they were off of just on-field activity type stuff. And that right there means a lot to the players because what does that do? It it just re recharges you, okay. and it, and it and it and it makes you believe that the coach is really in tune with you and your body and where you where you are where you are in the in the season, and that he cares about you know you you need some time off because you got to remember these guys have been going at it since day one of camp and hasn't had a day off essentially except for Sundays or Monday however they do it but. That, that, that day is not truly off because you're still going in. You're going to do a little workout. You're going to the training room. So you're seven days a week in the athletic facility or in the, in the training room or somewhere doing something. And then just to get, you know, six or seven hours of doing nothing is, is one of the greatest things that you can ever ask for. Yeah, people might not recognize just what that does, that 48 hours of that you know, not pounding on your joints, not being on a, on a turf. Mm-hmm. I mean, to, to – to me, it might sound trivial, but for, for for athletes, it makes a world of difference. I've talked to quite a few of them that I'll tell you, just those 24, 48 hours of not having your ankles, you know, when you're running, the pounding on your knees and your ankles. I, yeah. I've had a, a lot of those those uh, players tell me you wouldn't believe what 48 hours can do. So you got to remember, so these guys never stop. Whenever their season is on, they never stop. So, you know, it's, it's, it's essentially equivalent to a five-day work week for a normal person. They take two days to rest, to get yeah. their, their, their mental, emotional, and physical rest or whatever it is that they need to do from work and kind of detach and then go back. And, and when you're playing football um, or, you know, even basketball or baseball or whatever, it's seven days a week. It's nonstop, literally. Even though, you know, the Saints may play on a Sunday and they may not go back to work on Wednesday, trust me, these guys are doing something Monday and Tuesday. I guarantee it. They're in the training room or they're, they're lifting weights or they're doing some sort of something that has to do with football. So, but when it comes to to that, that's that's how I equate it to. It's it's, it's one of those things where it's a five day work week, and then you need that Saturday and that Sunday off just to recoup to be the greatest you you can be on that Monday coming up. Seven to three, Georgia leads over Tennessee early, and the Vols are backed up. That was a great punt, great special teams that play. That was. That was. Uh, that pinned the Vols inside the, their own three yard line. They're at the one. Now they just ran a play to get out to about the five yard line. So some breathing room, and that's a matchup. I think a lot of people are, are going to be yeah. tuned into this afternoon, leading into LSU and Alabama this afternoon. No, this look, evening. Um, Hyatt, I think, had a looks like a, a rolled ankle. Um, he, he he rolled over the, the referee's ankle here a few minutes ago, but I don't know how that's going to hinder him or not. Um, but Hendon um, um, Hooker is is he's going to throw the ball to whoever is open. <laughs> Doesn't matter, and I right. think they're going to find a way to get him open. Now, if I, will if I say could this, get open, he'd throw it to me, but though, I can't get open. Well, you can't get open. He no. could throw you open. I'm going to trust, trust me. <laughs> Um, that being said, you know, Georgia's playing very, very well right now. I will say on defense, they're, they're holding their own. It's four minutes to go in the first quarter. And to hold Tennessee to three points right now, backed up at their own four five-yard line, is pretty good. Yeah, 7-3 to three early. Oh, well, actually late in the first, about to go to the second. Yep. But, man, that's, that's going to be a heck of a matchup. I didn't – Herb, 
I didn't realize just how oh. fast. Wow. How fast. That's a safety. That's a safety, yep. I was just talking about how fast Georgia's defense is, and they are moving. Well, they're hyped for this game, right? That's the, 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 they're number three, and Tennessee's number one. And guess who thinks they should be number one? Yeah, Georgia was number one until <laughs> the, the first college football playoff ranking. That's right. That's right. So as of about seven days ago, they <laughs> they, they, they were one, and then all of a sudden they're three. So guess To no what? fault of their own. They're eight and no. To no fault of their own. And, um, you know, it, it is what it is. And that's why you see this type of defensive play right now from Georgia. You know, they're they, they coming out to try to show somebody, hey, guys, we're not number three. We're number one. And we'll see what they call this, if this is a fumble or if they call this a forward pass or not. Yeah, that's what they're huddling about right now. Mm-hmm. He was uh, Hooker was oh, – I think that's a fumble. It depends. It looked like the ball was going forward. His hand was going forward, but does it go sideways, laterally? Uh, you know, that's call here. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll step away and come back. This is the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgate and Show. Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick live from Drago Seafood Restaurant in Baton Rouge. I-10 and College is where you can find us. This is WWL. Tiger Tailgate and Show here on WWL live from Drago Seafood Restaurant in Baton Rouge. I-10 and College. We welcome in now Jimmy Smith, publisher of TigerDetails.com. Jimmy, eat your heart out. We're here at Drago's and you're not. Ha ha. <laughs> yeah, buddy. I ate a sandwich. <laughs> okay, I just ate a homemade sandwich with cold cuts. Jimmy, uh, I was just telling Herb, man, you've been on uh, LSU's campus a ton for the, that team and um, you know, the Crimson Tide whenever they come to town, and it's just got a different feel. Uh, I know LSU has a rivalry with Ole Miss and other uh, SEC programs, mm-hmm. but it's just a different feel when, when the Tide are coming to town. Yeah, it's the measuring stick. Right. I mean, um, if you want to be where Alabama is and where they've been over the 10 years, LSU's been there at times, haven't been able to sustain it. And uh, this is kind of the measuring stick year in and year out. This is also the the season saver. Right. Um, You win this game and everything else feels good. You might come in with two, three losses. You walk away with a win here. uh, you, you, You make a name for yourself with recruits. You leave a mark on them. And it's just, uh, you know, it's it's a big game. And it's Nick Saban. I mean, come on, right? Huh. Uh, there's never any love lost for that guy. And and so the fans here just want it. Uh, Jimmy, I, I, you talk about Nick Saban. I get it. I get the, the betrayal some LSU fans feel. But it's not like he left LSU to go to Alabama. He left for the NFL. And it just didn't work he- out. Yeah, and that part I don't get, but, I mean, tell that to LSU fans, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's the whole point. Yeah, he left. I mean, you don't leave LSU, right? So, yeah, and, and I do think, I mean, he needed to try that. As successful as he's been in college, at some point he had to make a leap to the NFL. I was kind of shocked he didn't make another one, to be honest. Um, you know, because a lot of people love Nick Saban, but possibly nobody more than Nick Saban. So I thought there was a chance that he would – you know, dabble back in the NFL, but I think uh, I think he's here to stay in Tuscaloosa, and and uh, you know, LSU fans, he 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 helped rewrite this program. I mean, oh, he took sure. it that next step. So there's a lot of respect that has to be given for him. And uh, but you know, they're just mad he left at the end of the day. Jimmy, when the whistle blows, boot meets ball. What's this boil game going to boil down to? I think the edges of the line of scrimmage. I think it's going to be which set of pass rushers can be more disruptive 
um, against the opposing quarterback that might end up determining this game. I think if you give Bryce Young clean pocket, good good night, right? That's going to be a long day, and uh, and LSU might not have much of a chance to win if that happens, and and vice versa. I mean, if Alabama is trying to do the same and be disruptive with Jaden Daniels, who's been really really good of late. And, uh, you know, any one of those pass rushers get home and become disruptive and and take away some of the aspects of, of these offenses that can be potent and put up high points and all these things, um, that team is going to have the better chance to win this game. So, in the end, it's going to be can 40 and 18 get home for LSU? Can B.J. Ojolari and Howell Perkins make an impact, um, be disruptive, uh, be in the face of Bryce Young? and 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 Makai Wingo to an extent too. Can you get some inside pressure as well? You know, anything you can do to get him off his off of his game because uh, when that guy has time or he's able to extend these plays and and buy time and, and wait for things to open downfield, he's deadly. Jimmy, I got a question for you. It's twofold. So, the College Football Playoff Committee ranked LSU as number ten going into this game. One, mm-hmm. do you think they're worthy of that ranking? And then, two, can you talk to a little bit about um, Brian Kelly's actual maturation as a coach at LSU from game <laughs> one, or, or let's call it from, you know, his, his his hire to today? Yeah, I think, you know, coming in, if you look back at Brian Kelly at Notre Dame, um, I, I think we're, we're used to seeing Notre Dame make late runs in the season, right? Um, suffer a loss, all of a sudden they reel off six, seven straight. Now they're back in the playoff discussion. Um, that almost seemed to be the norm um, coming out of South Bend and Brian Kelly. And and he's developed a reputation of, of, you know, his system, you know, developing and over the course of a season that his teams are going to improve. And we've seen that here at LSU. Do I think they're the top 10 team? I think that, honestly, the playoff committee is protecting themselves. Um, LSU has uh, the potential here of running the table, and they control their own fate. And yep. they've looked good in recent weeks. Um, you know, if you want to get a two-loss team in there, you better start making the move now. Uh, so I think you know, they can, LSU comes out of this. If if LSU wins this, you're basically knocking Alabama out of the playoffs, and yep. you're probably launching LSU somewhere around the top five, top six. And now LSU's right in the mix, and you're guaranteeing at least a chance for an SEC West team. And then, uh, you know, of course, we have the East and everything happening over there with Tennessee and Georgia and so on and so on. So I think this was the way of, uh, a way for the playoff um, committee to honestly protect themselves. I don't know if they believe LSU's truly the number 10 team in the country. You could make that argument in the way they've played of late, and that's what they always hang their hat on. We want the best teams that, that we can see on the field and how they're playing at that moment. Um, you know, you could make an argument, but at the end of the day, this is a two-loss team um, sitting at number 10 who's one win away from from vaulting up somewhere close to the top five um, with still multi- three games to play. So I think, uh, you know, it's maybe a little high, but I, I think they could, prove, they could prove the playoff committee right today. If they win this game, they certainly have the argument to be a top 10 team, and, and I think that's what the playoff committee was looking at. What do we do here? If Alabama gets knocked out and then Tennessee and Georgia, one of them have the potential of being knocked out today because you would think um, it would be more difficult to get a team in if they're not even in the SEC championship game. So I I think this was just a way for them to kind of protect themselves, almost an insurance policy, if you will. 
Jimmy, two stats that are the reason why, if you're LSU, you're bullish at your chances of winning against Alabama. They're, Alabama is 11th in the SEC in giveaway takeaway. They're 130 out of 131 FBS teams in penalties. Two, uh, two stat, uh, categories, statistical categories, that aren't commonplace for Alabama and Nick Saban. No. Yeah, and I think it's it just goes to, you know, the team isn't quite what we're used to seeing. This isn't as disciplined of a unit, and, and it shows in the turnover department. It shows in, in penalties, and also when you watch the game, um, you know, I think LSU has opportunities here to establish the run by using misdirection, counters, um, some of those zone pulls, some of those if Jaden Daniels sees the, the backside defenders crash and can pull because the eyes of the front seven of the Alabama defenders aren't as disciplined as you used to see. I've watched them play a few times this year. They can get caught up in a lot of this misdirection. Um, these safeties bite on play action. And all of that just goes to show the overall discipline of, of a unit. And so I, I think Alabama's good. I don't think they're what we're used to seeing. They don't have the amount of experience throughout that lineup from top to bottom that we're used to seeing. And they don't have the amount of depth. And at the end of the day, this is probably one of the least disciplined Nick Saban teams we've seen in quite some time. So, uh, you know, LSU has shown a lack of discipline at times, especially in the, to start games. Um, you know, and if they have an opportunity here to play a more disciplined style of football, if they win that turnover battle in the penalty contest, I mean, that's two big heads up on your opponent, and that can really swing a game. So um, if LSU plays a clean game today and Alabama continues to make some of the mistakes they've made, uh, LSU is going to be in this one late in the end and have a chance to win this ball game. Jimmy, I'm going to ask Herb this question, but I want you to answer it as well. Herb, Herb I'll start with you. Do you think that Jaden Daniels, there's times where he looks like the defender's got an angle on him and he just somehow manages to scoot right by him. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's hard mm -hmm. to appreciate his speed on the film in the film room and you don't really realize how fast he is until you get him on the field? I think it's um, not really difficult to appreciate his speed um, when you're watching the video because you see him get past that guy. Right. Knowing that but that guy had a great – But does it take you by great, surprise? I, to me, it doesn't. Well, let me say this. Coming from him, yes. But, you know, seeing a Michael Vick do this, uh, you know, certain guys that can just scoot right past people, right, and just keep going, and, and their stride is, like, effortlessly. And, um, and, I, and I really feel like – I feel like this guy, um, at some point, utilizing his legs – uh, early on in the season, I thought that he would get injured, like really quickly, or at some point, like bad, if you will. Um, but he's been showing showing that he's tough as nails. And then all of a sudden, about two, three weeks ago, he did something that was remarkable. You know what he did? He did the same thing Christian did. He went to the doctor. He got his eyes checked, <laughs> and now he can see clearly now. And I don't know what happened, but I do know for a fact that he's finding these receivers and hitting them on a dime. So something's going on right there. So I agree with you. Yes, he does kind of take you by surprise running the football, but I will say this. I think that the thing that, that makes him so much special now or better than what he was before is the fact that he's hitting these receivers. Jimmy? Yeah, I think that's that's definitely a big part of it, Herb. I think – believing and trusting your receivers. There's been opportunities in the beginning of the year where he had one-on-one -on -one coverage and 
the guys might not have had the separation he was looking for. But in the end, when you have the kind of talent like Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas and guys like this, you let yep. them make a play for you. And he wasn't doing that early in the season. And he started nope. trusting those guys and letting that ball go. And as Irv saying, yeah, you see it on film. You see this guy running by you. So there's no doubt when they're watching film, they know he's really quick. But what, mm-hmm. what's hard for them to do is understand exactly what that's going to entail on, as far as corralling him. Because week after yeah. week, year after year, they're used to corralling and chasing guys that just don't move that fast. And so it takes a while to adjust to that. Your angles change and, and your pursuit angles and things of that nature. You have to be more mm-hmm. contained in your pass rush. You can't get quite as far upfield, you know, as you could come back and come back and make the play nine times out of ten when you have a guy like this that you're not accustomed to chasing. That extra little step he's got, that little juice, that little burst is just enough to get by you. So while they're prepared for it, it's still not something they're used to doing and executing on a weekly basis. And it does catch you by surprise a bit when you're on the field and you've got one of the fastest guys on the field is the guy you're used to being able to chase down from behind. Yeah, I just remember going back to the Saints days with Darren Sproles. I just remember talking to some defensive players, both on his team and the opponents, that kind of said when you watch him on film, you recognize he's fast, Mm -hmm. but then you get him on the field and you go, wait, he's fast, way faster than that that film shows. Yeah. Yeah. I just yeah. I just think that that applies here with Jaden Daniels. Jimmy, give me your prediction. How about nine six LSU? Does that feel familiar? <laughs> you know what's funny is <laughs> no, don't you say that. Jimmy. I wrote Jimmy. I predicted forty six forty one LSU. Does that sound familiar? Hello, twenty nineteen, right? Yeah, it does. It does. And at, at the end of the day, I think it'll be closer to your score for sure. These teams are getting in the end zone today. Um, I, I'm kind of leaning towards LSU right now, to be honest. If you only took the last few weeks, if you only took the last few weeks and watched the film of the way these teams are currently playing, and you didn't know anything else about the other part of the season or who was on whose draft boards or what Mel Kuyper was saying, if you put all that out of the window and you just watched the film of these three teams, these two teams the last three weeks, LSU looks like they could be the better team. So I'm going to go LSU here. Um, I think they're going to be able to pull this one out, 37-31. Jimmy, thanks for the time, man. We appreciate it. Yes, sir. All right, guys. Take care. Thank you, Jimmy. Jimmy Smith, publisher of TigerDetails.com. He's Herb Tyler. I'm Christian Garrick. We are at Drago Seafood Restaurant in Baton Rouge. I-10 and college is where you can find us. It's the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgate Show here on WWE. Herb, we were in a break there. That's right. And uh, Well, first off, just polished off a half dozen char grill that are outstanding. (laughs) Um, we were during a break, and this server here at Drago is taking great care of us. Sweet Olivia yep. it comes up to us and says, do y'all, um, what she ask you? She said, do y'all wing this? Yeah, do y'all wing it or do y'all, do y'all um, like, script it out, you know? And so we started having um, fun with her a little bit. Yep. And she goes, but what happens when y'all have to burp? She said, do y'all ever have to burp? Yeah. That's right. And we ha- we have the technology. All we have to this boom mic on this headset, we just got to lift it up, and it yes. clears our microphone. Um, but it was just funny that she would ask that, that, that kind of question. It's, it's, it's almost like a, like she's never seen anything like this before, <laughs> which she hasn't. And then the most important thing to her is not what we're talking about, why we're talking about it, but what happens when you have to burp. <laughs> yeah, all you do is just lift up the you just lift up the boom here. It's, it's pretty simple. That's right. But it's, 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 it's I don't know. I thought it was funny. It was. Uh, sweet. She she's she's a doll. She does a great job taking care of us. Yep. Uh, we're we're happy that she uh, she came over and said hello. That's right. 
Man, Georgia is putting it on Tennessee right now. 21-3 just started the second quarter. Yeah, looks like um, Georgia's uh, defensive line is just really raking havoc right now on Tennessee's offensive line. And Hendon Hooker can't just get anything going at the present moment. So, um, you know, and, and you know, it's, it's one of those things. Georgia, as you've been saying, Georgia is the true measuring stick of college football over the past two years. And, uh, you know, they, they have talent that's unseen by anybody else. When those guys come off the bus, they look like they're ready to do something. They look like some Georgia Bulldogs. And uh, it's, it's very impressive uh, what Coach Kirby Smart is doing over there. Don't they have the same-looking style of athletes that we once saw the Crimson Tide have year in and year out? Yep. What I mean by that is yep. you look at their running backs. They're all built the same. The receivers, yep. tight ends, all built the same. D-linemen, built the same. Well, that was, a, that was a, the hallmark of Alabama teams. Well, you know, that, that, that was, and I think the difference between um, the, the Georgia and Alabama right now is that Kirby Smart took that from Nick Saban. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that, he learned that, and he implemented that into his own system. And obviously, Kirby Smart is, the, is I guess, the pinnacle of the coaching tree from Nick Saban, right? Mm -hmm. He is the best of the best that came from Nick Saban's tree. That being said, what Saban has done over the past, I don't know, six, seven years is get a different offensive coordinator this year, a different defensive coordinator this year, right, and then another different defensive or offensive of, of, of type of coach. And each of those guys had different philosophies. And so I think that's when you started seeing a change in, in different types of styles of backs and things of that nature when it come, came to Alabama. But um, Nick Saban still puts his finger on it, right, and, he, and he, the, the offensive line, defensive line, Linebackers and DBs all look the same. They're never going to change. But Georgia right now looks like, you know, they look like an NFL team when they're coming off the bus. Every and play. they are absolutely stifling on defense. They might have just gotten flagged for a PI penalty. But, man, that defense is so fast. And they're making me eat my words. I thought that because of – and this still may come true. Look, we're not even at halftime yet here. But I, I, I saw Tennessee come in here uh, to Baton Rouge, and the way they – the style of offense I thought would give Georgia some problems. So far, it's really not. I thought they would too. I think that we, I think we kind of underestimated how effective Georgia's defensive front seven would be, and I think that's what's really uh, causing Tennessee some trouble right now. And um, right now, Tennessee is kind of moving the ball a little bit, and we'll see exactly where they're going to end up at the end of this drive. If they can put seven points on the board, it'd be twenty-one to ten, and uh, you know you, that game can continue to go however way it goes. Georgia favored by eight coming into this matchup. They're up by 18, 21-3. We'll keep you updated on that game. Yep. Herb, give me um, three things LSU has to get done to beat Alabama tonight. First things first, you can't get overhyped. You can't get too caught up into the game of being a top ten uh, matchup. You can't get caught up into that. You have to, you know, um, in my opinion, you have to, to, to go into this game as a business trip, as always, just like you're playing anybody else, you just have to play to another level. The second thing I think you got to do is you got to trust in what the coaching staff has been instilling into you throughout the whole year, right? I think you do not waver from what you guys have learned this year and in where you are now to date um, because it's important. We saw how, you know, this team could have easily tanked it early, oh, yeah. but they didn't. They stuck with it and they kept going and – they're in a golden opportunity to potentially be an SEC championship game at the end of the season, you know, once they lift their heads up. 
And then I think the third thing they, they have to do is they have to find a way to cause havoc for Alabama, meaning make Alabama either create penalties or turnovers or make them uncomfortable some sort of way with their player on the field. And the, the, the most important thing after that, I think the fourth thing that I would say is the fact that um, I want to be able to see if LSU can continue to play like they played the last couple of weeks that we've seen. Because that defense is outstanding. Um, um, it, 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 just, it just confuses college quarterbacks. I don't know if you've noticed that or not. The way that they, you know, the way that they switch uh, assignments on the, on the defensive side is what I think really hindered Ole Miss uh, a couple weeks ago. They just, they did, they just didn't, Jackson Gard didn't know what was going on back there. And then, um, and then if we can continue to push the ball down the field like we have been, giving these guys opportunities, get our running game going. If that running game can keep going or start going early for LSU, I, I think it's going to be a really good game for LSU. No purple and gold Nikes today, man? Not today. I went with the all black because it's, it's going to be a dark night for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Would, would you like to see LSU go to a, uh, an all black? I would love to see it with some purple, with some gold outlines on the letters. Yeah. Oh, that would be nice. LSU baseball did it. You know what? I'm gonna start drawing that design tonight. Okay, and keep. Would you keep the um, the, the gold, gold helmet? helmet, or would you go to a black helmet with? You know, that's a good question. I think LSU? with I think with all with yeah, I think with all black uniform, you got to go to black helmet. Yeah, I think if you either a black helmet or a white helmet, but I really think the black helmet would would set it off. Here we are coming up with new uh, that's right. uniforms for the LSU Fighting Tigers. New unis, baby. Our Oakland Heart Jewelers talk and text lines are open at 504-260-1870. I want to hear from you. You think LSU can knock down the Crimson Tide? 13.5-point favorites, Alabama comes in. I don't know that they're 13.5 points better. I don't know that LSU is going to necessarily win this game. I think it's going to be closer. If I was putting money on it, Herb, we know you don't you don't gamble. I, I dabble a little bit in it. <laughs> um, I, I got a little coin for LSU to cover. So what are, you, what, are you, what are your thoughts then? What do you think LSU has to do in order to cover, win, whatever? I think a couple of things that we talked about earlier. One is, don't like there's an old saying, uh, don't don't interfere when your enemy is making mistakes. Mm-hmm. In other words, yep. Alabama should give you a couple of opportunities tonight, whether right. it be via via penalty or turnover. Take advantage of those opportunities. Keep Jaden Daniels. Keep Jaden Daniels. Um, and, and winnable downs and distances in a passing game. Don't get yourself in a lot of third and eight, third and nine. Force a turnover. At some point, I think you're going to see Brian Kelly try to steal a possession tonight, a fake something or another, or some sort of razzle-dazzle. Something. But I think they're going to try to steal a possession. I think it's merited tonight. Gotcha. All right, we'll wrap up the show next here on, on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show here on WWL. Wrapping up the show, the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show, live from Drago's Seafood Restaurant in Baton Rouge. I-10 and college is where you can find us. want to thank Tommy Satanovich and his great staff here. Yep. Uh, they always take such great care of us. And, yep. man, we, the food is always outstanding. Tommy brings his stuff all across the menu. And he had, he everything he's, he's brought to us to, to eat has been just perfect. Perfect. To die for. Absolutely. Can't Herb, get any better. I got a good idea. Tell me if you if you like this idea. Let's do it. All right, so the Tiger Walk's going to be lit tonight, right? Okay. It's going to be. Yep. Yeah. Those players. But I think we should bring back Coach O for the Tiger Walk only. 
But, but every time? No, no, just this one tonight. Okay. Like, let him lead it. You know, because you saw him a couple years ago. I mean, he was. He was Oh, man. It, and it was really good. I don't know. I just think it would be cool to see him do it. Just not because we want him back as the coach. Just as, you know, the crowd gets fired up by him. He can work a crowd now. He can work any crowd. And I think Coach O is welcome back at any point. Of course. To do a tiger walk or, or appearance or whatever. But. You know, the one thing that stuck in my head when before Coach O left, he said that, uh, you know, he's not here to help the, the incoming coach. He's None of that kind of stuff. That was during the middle of the season last year when they yeah. told him he was going to be relieved of his duties. And so, and I got it. I, I kind of was, like, thinking about what, what does he mean about it? I know exactly what he means. you got to find your own way. you got to figure it out on your own to find out how to work that crowd, BK, and make it happen so these people can get hyped for you because they will. They're going to get hyped for you no matter what. But at the end of the day, it doesn't take much for a head coach at LSU to get a crowd hyped walking down that um, that, that hill. Yeah, but Ryan Kelly's a little bit more laid back in that way. You he know? is, but he can loosen up just for that eight seconds that they're walking down the hill. He can do something. He can try his, you know, his Cajun accent, whatever <laughs> you want to do. He can make it Man, happen. People make too much of a big deal about that, right? I didn't even hear it, never saw it. I don't even know what they were talking I about. I heard it, but I was like, so what? Why are we focused on that? Judge that man by how many games he wins. Yeah, I don't think I, – I think that came and went just like anything else, right? Uh, such a – I mean, we have a hard time sometimes with just you – know, Just letting people be. Letting people be. We want to we tear people down too much. That's right. That's right. Uh, well, we don't do that here. No. We, we don't frown upon love and uplifting over here. I agree. That's I agree right. there. 21 to 6, not too uplifting for Tennessee right now. Well, it is for Georgia. Georgia. <laughs> it is for Georgia. And it looks like Georgia's about to pull away with this thing, if you will. Um, oh. You're second and 10 right now, so we'll see if they get a first down. And do we not give Stetson Bennett enough credit? Don't give him any credit. Do we ever talk about Stetson Bennett? We should. We never talk about it. All he does is win. Yeah. And, and not just win, he's actually doing something during the win. You know, he's passing for 250, 300 yards a game. Two or three touchdowns. I mean, he's playing absolutely phenomenal. He's got a great defense and could be one of these game managers, but he's more than that. He's yeah, he's definitely not a game. He's manager. a play. He's a playmaker. I don't think he gets enough credit around the country, at just how good he is. Uh, I mean, every time I've watched him, he's done something that makes me kind of go, "Whoa, that's an NFL throw." That's right, and he doesn't look like an NFL quarterback at all. And the problem with that is that doesn't matter because what he did. Drew Brees look like an NFL quarterback. No, he never did. It doesn't matter what you look like. It's whether or not you can perform. And I think Stetson Bennett can perform on the next level. He's got Georgia rolling right now. we got LSU and Alabama coming up at 6 o'clock tonight. We'll hand it off to the official pregame show here in about a minute. Herb, give me your prediction. My prediction tonight, man, you know, I think that it's going to be a a hard-fought game. Um, I think LSU is going to come out really, really on fire ready to play Alabama and win this game. I think Alabama's going to give them everything they want. and But I also think that LSU comes out on top 24 to 17, baby. I'm going to um, go with LSU. Here's, here's what's going to happen. LSU's going to beat Alabama. Yep. The fans are going to be up till 5, 6 o'clock in the morning. And then they're going to go watch LSU baseball in their fall scrimmage mm-hmm. at, at noon. So yep. there you go. <laughs> That's right. I like it. I like That's it. a wrap for the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgate and Show. Herb, take us home. Everybody, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for listening to us. And remember, I love you, God loves you, and go Tigers. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. network. 